Good morning and good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Before Coffee. It is Friday News Dump, and we're going to dump all the news that we possibly can before the weekend comes, because we won't be telling you what's happening on the weekend. It's wild out there. Let's go ahead and cover our headlines. Today on Before Coffee. Greece's government set to legalize same-sex marriage with the backing of the opposition. An Obamacare sign-up surged to a record 20 million. The masculine urge to dig a tunnel, an investigation. And uh, among our Friday news dumps, the U.S. is missing a ton of snow, even with recent storms. The rise of world music. Young listeners in the U.S. are falling for non-English speaking artists. Those stories are more, which is... is Kiss a Ginger Day, January 12th, 2024, on Before Coffee. Ginger Day. Kiss a Ginger. Heart cheeks. I have to go find one first because there aren't many here in the Netherlands. Okay, let's start with our first news story, which is some good news coming out of Greece. This is from Euronews with AP. A plan to legalize same-sex civil marriage and adoption pushed by the center-right Greek government is set to be approved by parliament thanks to the backing of left-wing opposition despite backlash from the Orthodox Church. Greek Prime Minister Kyrakos Mitsotakis plans to legalize same-sex marriage in the country and allow adoption to LGBTQ couples, attained the crucial backing of the left-wing opposition on Thursday. Stefanos Kesselakis, the openly gay ex-banker leading the radical left party Syriza, said that he would instruct his 38 lawmakers to vote for the proposal, even though he criticized measures for... I just realized there's music playing in the background. I didn't check my audio. What my brain starts thinking about... Alright, let's turn that off. Okay. <laughs> Freaking random uh, Final Fantasy music playing in the background. Um, uh. Right. Where was I? Right. Said he would instruct his 38 lawmakers to vote for the proposal, even though he criticized the measure for not going far enough on parenthood rights. Pelasakis, who married his husband in New York in October 2023, has expressed the desire to have children through a surrogate mother, a practice which has recently con- conde- been condemned by Pope, Fra- Pope Francis and which has been made illegal in Italy. No surrogate children. Gross, we don't want kids. We want forced kids that nobody wants. Uh, We should have a whole bunch of children in the world Uh. that parents were forced to have instead of chosen children. The new measure pushed forward by Mitsotakis doesn't allow same-sex couples to acquire children through surrogate motherhood in the future. Full parental rights would be granted the same-sex couple that already have children. The country currently only allows that procedure in the cases of women, single or married, who are unable to bear children on health grounds. As well as heterosexual couples, single men or women are allowed to adopt. A previous draft of the law proposed earlier this week would have allowed the rights to parenthood through surrogate mothers. In an interview with the private Star TV, the politician said that despite its imperfections, the proposal unveiled by the Prime Minister on Wednesday contains some positive elements. Greece has legalized same-sex partnerships since 2015. Estonia has just voted to legalize same-sex marriage, become the first Baltic country to do so. Where else in Europe is same-sex marriage legal? Take a look at the map. Uh, The map shows basically most of Northern Europe, except for, of course, Italy, which only allows civil unions, but not marriage. 
And then as you go more and more to the east, none of it is allowed, especially in Russia, which famously has an anti-gay propaganda law. The backing of this opposition would ensure that the law passes the 300-seat parliament despite a dozen lawmakers in Mitsotaki's center-right party, New Democracy, objecting to it. The party has a total of 158 lawmakers in parliament. Kasilakis has criticized the Prime Minister for refusing to force all of his lawmakers to back a human rights issue, calling out his political cowardice. Mitsotakis was re-elected for a second term in a landslide victory only six months ago. But the most vocal criticism of the plan has come from the country's Orthodox Church. What a surprise! Which will lead, still wields a massive influence on Greece as and has warned that the law could be the first step in dismantling of Greek society. Hello, Greek society. Are we not remembering that the, the freaking ancient Greeks at all here? Well, those, those guys don't count because they're ancient. People are always like traditional. We need to keep our traditions. We need to keep things the same because of traditions and they don't even, where's the limit? Where's the time limit between how old something is before it's not traditional anymore? Because it seems to me that Greek society has constantly changed itself completely different from what it used to be. So I wonder if Greeks realize that all them statues if there's junk hanging yeah. out, they would not be allowed in the United States. So <laughs> they, they would not, there would be people walking around knocking their junk off and covering it up. So, yeah. Because the United States is full of Puritan idiots. Well, I call them idiots, but it's like, what are you afraid of? <laughs> anyway, don't but, let sorry. people know about your sex organs. According to the church, oh allowing for same sex marriage is the first step towards gay families assuming parental rights. Oh no, more parents that want children. Ah, but we better keep our freaking population down. And we better complain about immigrants and because we don't have enough workers because we won't let people who want children to have children. Oh, no. But Mitsotakis have fought back on the criticism, saying that they would listen to the views of the church, but ultimately it is the state that legislates it. What we are going to legislate is equality in marriage, which means the elimination of any discrimination based on sexual orientation. He said in an interview with country broadcaster ERT, it is not something radically different from what applies in other European countries. The measure is also opposed by right-wing parties in parliament, but are we surprised? Opinion polls suggest Greeks are evenly divided on the issue of same-sex marriage, but opposed to extending full parental rights to gay or lesbian couples. I don't understand this. Uh, the full details of the government proposal are expected to be released within the coming days. Once that happens, it would take several weeks for it to come to parliament for approval. I believe a lot of Greek people still believe in this myth that same-sex couples create some sort of fucked up, you know, human when they have children, right? Oh no, we can't have gay people having children because then we'll make more gay children. That's not how being gay works, okay? <laughs> It's not an ideology. It's not something you think about and go, boy, I love men. I've decided to become gay. That's not what happens. Who would choose it's, that lifestyle, right? Yeah. To be shunned. I, I know there's people out there who... The shadows. Yeah. I mean, I'm just gonna... I'm, I'm a radical here. Let me be radical a bit uh, here. All humans are fucking gay. Every single one of us is bisexual. There is a man out there that a man will find attractive. There's a woman out there that a woman will find attractive. Acting on those things uh, nice. is up to your prerogative and no one else's. So having to almost police this idea that you can't let any gay people or lesbians have children because they will create more is so fucked up because we're all 
bisexual. All of us. Plus, plus add to that, weddings are the gayest thing on earth. Yes. There's so many things that we do that is gay or lesbian, but it's allowed because it's been common in society. But once people are openly doing it, oh God, it's a problem. We can't let them have children because they might be able to change nothing because nothing would change. Your story. That's all I got. Weddings are totally gay. Yeah. <laughs> Just like going to the gym is gay. There's so many things yep. that are gay. Oh, yeah. Looking at yourself. I, I don't... Making sure your face looks good is gay. <laughs> Lot, lots of gay behavior. Wanting so, to be yeah, attractive people, is gay, okay? Yeah. You have a y, you have a y chromosome, you have an X chromosome. People have, sometimes have an extra one. And that's the way they were born. <laughs> Leave them the fuck alone. Oh, okay. Well, medical news. Obamacare sign-up surged at record 20 million. Some, this is Associated Press. Some 20 million people have signed up for health insurance this year. Through the Affordable Care Act marketplace is a record-breaking figure. President Joe Biden will likely proclaim those results regularly on his campaign trail for months to come as Defendant Jay Trump, the Republican frontrunner, vows to dismantle the Obamacare program and um, make people die. I don't know what his goal is. The Biden administration announced Wednesday morning that 20 million have enrolled in coverage on the American marketplace days before the open enrollment period is set to close Tuesday. The latest enrollment projections meant a quarter more Americans have signed up for coverage this year compared to last, another record-breaking year when 16.3 million enrolled in the program. Sign-up spiked after Biden took office with Democrats rolling on a series of tax breaks to get millions of Americans access to low-cost plans with some zero-dollar premiums. We must build upon this progress and make these lower health care premiums permanent. Biden said in a statement, but extremely Republicans have blocked these efforts at every turn. The nation's top health official on Wednesday credited picked, oh, I'm sorry, peaked interest in the coverage with an aggressive campaign to get people enrolled. The administration has worked with nonprofits across the country, including in predominantly black and Latino communities like South Florida to get new people in the coverage. The administration has also invested millions more dollars in navigating, hiring millions of navigators, millions of dollars into hiring navigators, man, can't read all of a sudden, who help people enroll, a program that was decimated while President Donald Trump, a longtime critic of so-called Obamacare, was in office. The previous administration made all effort to know, to let people know, they, know what they could get. Health and Human Services Secretary Xavier Bacara Basara said during an interview with MSNBC's Morning Joe, we are out there, we're not waiting for them to come to us, we're going to them. But an increased enrollment news that the Biden administration celebrated on Wednesday has not come without cost. Some of the millions of new enrollees have, have only turned to the marketplace because they have been booted off Medicaid. The nearly free health care coverage offered by the poorest Americans with disabilities to health plans they purchase through the marketplace will hire higher premiums and co-pays for service. Roughly 14.5 million Americans have been recently kicked off Medicaid after the federal government lifted a three-year ban that barred states from removing ineligible people from the government-sponsored health insurance. 
States began purging millions of people from the Medicaid list last year during an error-plagued process as thousands of children and pregnant women are honestly without health insurance covering in some states. Of course, when you're saving money, it's always rolling it on to the poor people. And of course, and that recurring theme of rolling it on the poor people, Ohio. <clears throat> this is from Associated Press, Julie Carr Smith. An Ohio woman who miscarried at home won't be charged with corpse abuse, grand jury decides. Oh, isn't it nice? An Ohio woman facing criminal charges for handling of a home miscarriage will not be charged, a grand jury decided Thursday. The Trimble County Prosecutor's Office said jurors, well, let's see, let's make this story bigger so I can read it quicker. The Trimble County Prosecutor's Office said grand jurors declined to return an indictment for abuse of a corpse against Brittany Watts, 34 of Warren. Why do we get to know her name? I have no idea. Resolving a case that sparked national attention for its implications of pregnant women as states across the country hash out new laws governing re reproductive health care access in the wake of Roe v. Wade being overturned. The announcement came hours before 150 supporters gathered for a We Stand With Britney rally on Warren's Courthouse Square. The event had been planned before Thursday's announcement of grand jury's decision. Lots of men, several speakers addressed the crowd. I want to thank my community, Warren, Warren, Ohio. I was born here. I was raised here. I graduated high school here. I'm going to continue to stay here because I had to continue to fight, she said. Watch lawyers to the outpouring of emails, letters, calls, donations of prayers from public health or client endure the ordeal of being charged with a felony punishable by up to a year in prison. No matter how shocking or disturbing it may sound when print is presented in a public forum, it is simply the devastating reality of a miscarriage. Attorney Tracy Timko said in her statement, while the last three months have been agonizing, we are incredibly grateful and relieved that justice was handed down by the grand jury today. See, grand juries don't always indict people, Donald Trump. Sometimes you say, fuck no. You're trying to punish somebody who always had, already had a miscarriage. And what are you gonna do? What is this? What is this? What is you gonna throw her in prison for having a miscarriage? Wow. Good luck. Municipal with that. judge had failed. Oh wow, exactly. A municipal judge had found probable cause to bind over Watt's case because he's obviously a complete piece of crap. After city prosecutors said that she miscarried, clogging the toilet and removing some of its contents in an outdoor trash area, then left the house, leaving a 22-year-old fetus lodged in the pipes. Wattis had visited Mercy St. Joseph's Hospital, a Catholic facility in working class warrant, about 60 miles southeast of Cleveland, twice a day leading up to her miscarriage. Her doctor had told her she was carrying a non-viable fetus, and to have her labor induced is a risk, a significant risk of death, according to records of her case. Due to delays and other complications, attorney said she left each time without being treated. After she miscarried, she tried to go to a hair appointment with friends sent her to the hospital. A nurse called 911, reported a previously pregnant patient had returned reporting the babies in her backyard in a bucket. That call launched police investigation and led to eventual charge against Watts. Warren Assistant Prosecutor Louis Garnieri, let's just call him Louis the Fascist, told municipal court Judge Terry Ivanchak the issue wasn't how the child died, when the child died, but the fact that the baby was put in a toilet large enough to clog up the toilet left in the toilet. Okay, it stopped being a baby when it died, okay? Yes. Just, just be clear. It stopped being a baby when it died, and it died way before it came out of her body. 
Okay, morons. And the reason Biology she didn't hard. go to the doctor because she was afraid of being charged with a crime. Get it? You were gonna charge her with a crime, so she was afraid to go and get an abortion because you were gonna charge her with a crime. And then you charged yeah. her with a crime anyway. So, fascism on the march in the United States, at least this one person won, that doesn't mean it's over. It still means the fascists must be defeated everywhere. Back to you. And remember, the only way to defeat fascism is to not tolerate it whatsoever. Tolerating fascists only lets them in and makes them stronger. So zero tolerance to fascists. Zero. Absolutely zero. Yes. And since I'm bisexual, you told me earlier, <laughs> stay out of our uteruses. Our uteruses. No, not bisexual is just what you're attracted to, not what your your gender is. <laughs> I could. I'm like Loretta in Life of Brian. If I want to say I have a uterus, I do have a uterus. By golly. Hey, you right, you've right. had children, so I think you're allowed to have a friggin' opinion because you know how birth works. I think people who don't know how birth works. Pain. I don't know what's wrong with them. They must have like, okay. they must have children, right? And when her, their so those, wife was going through shit. Real quick for everybody out there. Huh? Um, a fertilized egg does not implant itself into the uterus for up to seven or eight days. Yeah. Biology so you can be here. pregnant and not even know it. You can be pregnant and not even know it. And then you have your period and you were pregnant the whole time you didn't even know it. That was an abortion that your body performed without you even knowing it. Yeah. Are you going to prison? All right. Well, once they started. find out how to put a camera inside my uterus, I will, I guess. Hey, your body didn't accept that child. You aborted it personally. You're right. I told yep. it. I, I freaking, yep. I whispered at night to my <laughs> stomach and I said, get rid of it. Hey, you, get rid of it. All right. <laughs> Anyways. Well. As Let's... the Handmaiden's Tale continues, back to you. Yeah, right? All right, more gender-based uh, stories here where we talk about the masculine urge to dig a tunnel. That's right. Mm. Yesterday, we covered the Jewish tunnel, the Orthodox Jews who built a tunnel under a synagogue for who knows why. We will find out in Delivering Days why that happened. But it reminded me of the meme, which is the masculine urge to dig a tunnel. And this is an article from April 22, so... I'm sorry, April 2022. So it might be a little out of date here with our science on the <laughs> masculine urge to dig a tunnel, but we're the experts were weighing in on why this happens. So I don't know who wrote this article. Uh, Annie, uh, sorry, Annie Rorwada. Annie Rorwada wrote this article. In a Reddit post last week, you or I say last week, and uh, in a Reddit post in April, user R specialist AD. 4561 confessed that she's a 27 year old woman whose boyfriend is obsessed with tunnel digging. He spent roughly a year on it and it's evident, she writes. He's got a cement beams, electric lights, even chairs and small table. She was concerned because he spends almost all of his free time there and doesn't really have a social life, but notes that he always is really happy when he gets back from digging. She didn't want to disrupt his hobby, but she also didn't want to enable an unsafe or unhealthy, unhealthy habit. Screenshots of the original post were shared on Instagram and Twitter, and it's descending into an algorithm spin cycle, inspiring a large conversation about dudes who dig digging. The post unearthed story after story of guys finding solace underground. The Wikipedia article Hobby Tunneling got over 250 times more views on Wednesday of this week, or of in April, um, than the last. 
And writer Elizabeth Bruning chimed in to say that every man has a metaphorical yard tunnel and an all-consuming but nonsensical hobby. Whether or not the Reddit post was even true, the topic clearly struck a chord. Uh, one of the one of the replies to this Reddit post is, What on earth is going on with men? My boyfriend won't stop digging his tunnel. Boys are weird. Boys, want to dig? Yes. So, one, over chat, the Reddit poster told them that this whole thing just sort of blew up much larger than they had wanted it to, and shared that she and her boyfriend had already talked through their tunneling-related issues. He agreed to cut back on it, but the internet is still ablaze with discussion about dude's instinct to descend beneath the ground into a man cave of their own creation, partaking in real-life Minecraft with shovel in hand. Hobby Tunneling Hall of Fame. In 2015, a 10-meter tunnel under a Toronto park, complete with a generator and water-resistant lights, made major headlines and sparked panic before a quiet 22-year-old construction worker named Elton McDonald came forward as its creator. He apologized for causing trouble, but struggled to provide a rational motivation for his mole-like hobby. Honestly, I loved it so much, I didn't know why I loved it, he said tunneling. <laughs> McDonald isn't the only dude drawn to tunnel digging. American entomologist Harrison Gray... Dyer Jr. dug tunnels from 1906 to 1916 under his home in Washington, D.C. He kept his hobby private, but in 1924, a truck sank through the pavement and drew attention to his subterranean network. The true turn-of-the-century scientist told the Washington Star that it all started when he dug a flower bed. When I was down perhaps six or seven feet, surrounded only by damp brown walls of old Mother Earth, I was seized by an undeniable fancy to keep on going. Dyer, whose studies on insect development were foundation of the field, said, Some men play golf. I dig tunnels. <laughs> Even the legendary father of the supercomputer, Seymour Cray, built roomy cedar-floored subterranean pathways as his mind worked through the technical problems. While I'm digging in the tunnel, the elves will often come to me with solutions, he once said. <laughs> All these people... <laughs> there's Maybe there's like some sort of uh, chemical released when you dig in the earth and it's making these guys high. That's what I think. Tunnel digging afflicts royalty. The notoriously eccentric Duke of Portland oversaw the construction of a complex of underground rooms and tunnels that were painted pink. Digging dudes have created man caves all over the world, from Armenia to Costa Rica to London. And more recently, British YouTuber Colin Furs has broadcast his underground bunker in a tunnel system almost 12 million YouTubers to 12 million YouTube subscribers. Why? While some tunnel builders dig for escape, illicit trade, or doomsday prep, others just do it for fun. When British hobby tunnel tunneler William Moleman Light was asked by journalists why he had excavated the tunnels, he said, I'm just a man who loves to dig. And that there's a great beauty in inventing things that serve no purpose. Ahmad Abu Ake, a psychological researcher at the University of Louisiana, who studies hyperfocus, told me over the phone that the tunnel digging is an extreme example of a controlled environment. It is the epitome of minimizing intervention from the outside world. Our brains constantly engage in predictive coding, where we make models for the world that are accurate as possible. And private, subterranean space is a highly predictable environment that can give someone a sense of control. Austrian psychiatrist Anton Tolk believes that tunnel digging stems from a long longing for a safe womb. Of course, can't can't not bring in back the uh, the ideas that everyone just wants to be back in the womb. Is it just dudes? Abu Ake thinks gender differences in tunneling, the so-called masculine urge to dig, might have a psychological explanation. Men tend to have a pro proclivity for systems and rule-based life, whereas women have tendency to emphasize and be socialized. He told me, referencing the 
empathizing system theory put forward by psychologist Simon Baron-Cohen. While some prominent tunnels builders are male, anyone who can find solace in digging. In 2015, Slate profiled a female graphic designer named Leon Weizma, who created 13 tunnels, had no plans to stop. When tunneling, Weizma said she had only one goal, and that is extremely relaxing. Our eight relatives participate in tool med- meditated digging, too. Larry Taylor, former deputy director of Ape Action Africa, says in a video that all baby chimps, if you start digging with a stick, they're fascinated by it. And he spades the cool earth. The apes gather the watch with a hypnotic gaze. Their face is just inches away from the hole. Sometimes they'll try to take the stick from your hand and do it themselves, he says, as a stubby chimp finger claws his stick in an attempt to join the dig. A word of caution. Before you take to the fresh earth of the spade to act out your mole instincts, beware of the dangers of hobby tunneling. Amateur tunneler builders have been buried alive. Yes. In Harvard Medical School assistant Professor Badly Meyer told the Washington Post in 2015 he'd seen at least 77 cases of hole digging emergencies. But it's not all bad. Exercise reduces anxiety in both the short term and long term and can obviously be done in conjunction with psychotherapy. So it's not quite fair to imply that every hobby tunneler has gone off the deep end. The trite men will literally dig completely pointless tunnel instead of going to therapy, Mark, is just a false dichotomy that ignores the therapeutic effects of meditative physical labor. Tunneling through time. Digging is a human activity that dates back to at least 6,000 to 4,000 BC and manifests on playgrounds and in sandboxes across the world. And the American Journal of Psychological Psychology published a paper in 1910 that said, The greatest delight, especially for the boys, is digging caves. The century-old text continues, There seems to be a peculiar interest in digging a hole big enough to contain three or four boys, and then covering it up and concealing it so that no one can find it, but the ones who dug it. Here, much time is spent in hiding from people and eating fruit and other food pilfered from the pantry. Perhaps tunneling is just timeless. So yeah, there you go. There's your science or your psychological science behind why some people just dig tunnels and maybe that's what happened in New York. Some boys out in Brooklyn had the insatiable urge to dig tunnels and they just happened to be Orthodox Jews and it had nothing to do with some weird church drama. It could probably still have to do with that, but I don't think it was maybe as uh, nefarious as the story previously had coming off. It's a drama between the Jews in Brooklyn and they're know. digging tunnels under well, the church. Know. It's a separate... Un- under the synagogue, did. sorry. Well, on that particular story, I know there was a stories a few years ago where there's a lot of corruption in a, a yeah. Jewish community in, in New Jersey, which is right across the border from New York, right, very close, so... Maybe there was something nefarious going on. I don't know. But uh, I'm just saying there might not say, be. And it might just be the urge to dig tunnels. <laughs> if I was a military recruiter, I'd be finding these guys that love to dig holes. Yeah. They got a job for you. <laughs> <laughs> the military love to dig holes. Oh, boy. And fill sandbags. Want to dig some trenches? All right. We got some sandbags and we got a shovel. Get on with the digging. All you need is 400 guys left carrying sandbags. All right. That's my story. And, uh, okay. All right. In weather news, we've had, we got a real cold front moving across the country. We're not covered that right now, but 
It's supposed to get below zero in big swaths across the United States, including Texas and Oklahoma. So places with no insulation. So pipes are going to be bursting. Pipes going to be bursting as they snap. Zero degrees, pipes will snap. The U.S. is missing a ton of snow, even with recent storms. This is from Evan Bush of NBC News. Storms are hammering much of the United States. A welcome relief from some of the parts of the country that received little or no snow in recent months. A sluggish start to winter through early January has constrained ski areas and raised early concerns about the water supply for summer. We're playing catch up now, said Dan McAvoy, a regional climatologist at the Desert Research Institute in Reno, Nevada. About 800 monitoring stations track snow accumulations in the West, and, and more than 90% of those stations reported measurements below the median for this time of year, McAvoy said. It is not unusual for parts of the West to trail seasonal averages, but it's rare for so many regions to fall behind at once. In Western states, the size of the snowpack influences how much water farmers can use, how challenging the wildfire season will be, and how much power hydropower dams can generate. Climate Center scientists expect snowpack to decrease as climate warms, further threatening supply that is already strained in most parts of the West. Scientists have struggled to quantify climate change influence on snowpack broadly, but research published Wednesday in the journal Nature found the climate change was to blame for declining trend in snowpack. Our analysis reveals that many of the world's most populous bases are hovering on the precipice of rapid snow declines, authors wrote. Previous studies have shown that snow cover has decreased, quantifying snowpack, which is the amount of water used as snow, is the more challenging because it varies significantly from year to year and is challenging to measure. Sometimes a warmer atmosphere, which can hold more water, can increase snowfall or lead to more extremes. Snow has been such a bad canary in the coal mine, said an author of the Nature paper, Justin Mankin a climate scientist at Dartmouth University who said he pursued the research because the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change wasn't able to speak definitely about how overall snowpack was shifting. For the research, Mankin and Alexander Gottlieb, an Earth Systems scientist at Dartmouth University, Analyze snowpack at 169 river basins in the Northern Hemisphere. They identified clear snowpack trends in 82 of those basins and sharp declines in the snowpack that provides water to populated regions. For 31 basins, researchers were able to see that human influence global warming is driving changes. Their research suggests many Northern Hemisphere basins are nearly nearing quick losses that could reshape water supplies for 2 billion people. Once snow goes off a cliff, it accelerates off a cliff, Mankin said. We're fundamentally unprepared. So, yes, there's your update on future droughts, or maybe we're just going to get slammed with a whole lot of snow tomorrow. Weather is getting even more unpredictable than it was before and more violent. Yeah. Something to look forward to. And on stories we uh, reported out earlier this week, uh, Lauren Bobert's ex-husband, Jason, faces charges following two incidents. We, we discovered the, uh, the boxing, the so-called altercation at the uh, restaurant the other night. Well, apparently that continued on to several places. The ex-husband, the ex-husband of Rhett Lauren Bobert, our Colorado, was arrested six criminal charges. 
Tuesday, including assault, following a reported, reported physical altercation between the former couple over the weekend, as well as separate incident involving another relative over just over 48 hours earlier. Jason Stephen Bobert, 43, was booked into jail in Glenwood Springs, Colorado, on charges of third-degree assault, harassment, abuse weapons, obstructing a police officer, disorderly conduct, trespassing, obstruction of police officer, court papers obtained by USA Today show. As Garfield County Sheriff's Office jail spokesperson told USA Today, he was released on $250,000 on $250,000 bond. I don't think he has $250,000. The same day he was booked into the facility, his arrest came after an alleged fight between Bobert and a congressman at Congresswoman at a restaurant yeah, at Saturday in the Congresswoman's Colorado District. The pair divorced last year. So there you go. America's most trashy congressional couple, well, ex-couple, getting a little more trashy. Living up to the old trailer park. The trailer park meme, you know, you know, 36 year old grandmother, of course, her, her 18 year old son was involved in it, too. And he is already a father. So that makes her a grandmother. Yep. And one of the dumbest people on planet Earth. Also updating on another story from earlier this week. This is kind of big. It's making headlines. U.S. Britain carry out strikes across Yemen and retaliation to Houthi attacks. This is from Reuters, Washington and Yemen. U.S. and British warplanes, ships and submarines struck across Yemen overnight in retaliation of the Iran-backed Houthi forces for attacks on Red Sea shipping, a widening of regional conflict triggered by Israel's war in Gaza. Witnesses confirmed explosions throughout Yemen, saying raids targeted military bases adjacent to the Sana airport military site near Hayes Airport, a Houthi naval base in Hodea, Hodeida, 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 and military sites in the Haja Governorate. These targeted sites are clear. Messy United States, our partners will not tolerate tax or peers personnel and allow hostile actors to imperil freedom of navigation, U.S. President Joe Biden said. Hutus said five of their fighters fighters had been killed in a total of 73 airstrikes and said they would retaliate for the strikes and continue their attacks and shipping, which they described as intended to support Palestinians against Israel. Um, not sure that's going to get much support if you're just constantly harassing every country on the planet that is doing shipping, but hey, you do you, Hutu rebels. A U.S. official said more than a dozen locations were targeted in the strikes that were not just symbolic, but intended to weaken the Houthis' military capabilities. We were going after very specific capability, very specific location with precision munitions, the official said. Clea allowed a resident of capital of Sana, who gave just her first name, awoke to loud explosions from the direction of the airport to the north. We saw a large fire from where the attack took place. It was, it was half an hour of terror in a country with only just emerging from nearly a decade of war that brought millions of people to the brink of famine. Morning brought long queues of petrol stations. Well, you can tell a British person wrote this. Petrol stations from people fearing an extended new conflict in the West. There's a lot of worry that the fuel shortages will repeat themselves and food supplies will be scarce, said Ali Ahmad, 52, rushing to fuel our car and we brought flour 
in case, and rice in case of emergency, because we're expecting the Houthis, Houthis to respond and escalation to take place. So there you go, bombs away, but we are okay. Okay, so get ready for some dangerous snowstorms and That's more U.S. military budget, I guess. UK and U.S. military the 80s, budget. By the way. All right, in that our was culture my news, reference. we're right. going to cover the artists that young listeners are you listening to, and they don't all speak English. This is from Anka Ulea. On your news culture, music lovers in the U.S., the world's biggest music streaming market, listened to more music in other languages than English in 2023, according to a new report. The times sure are changing. The days when global music artists had to sing in English to sell records internationally appeared to be far behind us. If the latest streaming data is anything to go by, listeners on music streaming platforms are increasingly embracing music in languages other than English, according to the 2023 Luminant Year and Music Report. The genre known as world music, once a niche label reserved for Western music snobs, is gaining popularity with younger listeners in the United States, the biggest music streaming market in the world. It's become a catch-all term that encompasses every genre that's not considered Latin music or English language images, like K-pop, J-pop, or Afrobeat. Luminate's report found that English-speaking streaming content in the U.S. was down 4.8% in 2023, with interest growing in Spanish and Japanese language music in particular. The changes are accelerating as the music marketplace becomes more international, with more people around the world listening to music on streaming platforms. Last year, the global music industry surpassed 4 trillion streams, marking a new single-year record with global streams up 34% from 2022. Regional Mexican music burns bright. Unsurprisingly, Spanish is the second most popular language in music streaming, buoyed by the widely popular Latin genre with its blockbuster artists, inclu- blockbuster artists including Bad Bunny and Carol G. In 2023, Spanish language content saw a 3.8% uptick on music streaming platforms in the U.S. Regional Mexican music, which accompanies mariachi, banda, corridos, norteño, sereno, and other styles, was one of the year's biggest breakout genres, with a 60% increase in plays. Mexican artists Peso Pluma, Eslabon Armado, Junior H, Feruza Regida each hit more than 1 billion streams last year as the genre saw a meteoric rise in popularity. English is still the top language for music globally, accounting for 54.9% of the top 10,000 global tracks in 2023, but other languages are gaining ground. The top global, lo, global languages in music streaming after English, according to the report, were Spanish at 10, Hindi at 7, Korean at 2.4, and Japanese at 2.1. Wow, I had no idea Jap- J- Japanese music and Korean music were so neck to neck almost. Gen Z and Millennials are looking abroad. The interest in international music mostly comes from younger listeners. The report found that 63% of Gen Z and 65% of Millennials agree that they listen to new music to experience new cultures and perspectives. That shows in the listening figures for popular non-English genres, 95% of J-pop fans in the U.S. said they were Gen Z. Multilingual music listeners are also more likely to use community-based social media like Reddit and Discord. Afrobeats, one of the fastest growing music genres in the world, was up 26.2% last year. The report found it hugely popular in Europe, with Luxembourg, the Netherlands, and the UK, France, and Portugal leading global streams of genre. That might also have to do with the immigrants we get here, which a lot of them are from African nations, including Morocco, Sudan, 
places like this, so that probably also helps with the popularity of Afrobeats. The international market for music streaming is expected to keep growing next year, with analysts est estimating global revenues will hit a record 26.06 billion euros in 2024. So music's still making money, especially if you happen to not be speaking English, you're gonna see even more returns on your money because, hey, music is music. Some people don't need to know what you're saying. I'm more of a lyrical person, but even then, I still love listening to J-pop and J-rock. I still love listening to K-pop and whatever, K-rock as well. I love listening to the, the Asian music because I think, well, here's my argument. I think Japanese is really pretty when you sing it, like how it flows is really pretty. And then I think Korean is really great for rapping. I think how it's kind of duh, 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 as a language sounds really great in rap songs. So that's why I really like the Japanese and Korean versions of that genre. And honestly, I really wish, I know, I understand that English is the most prominent language in music, as they just said in this article. I do really wish it would stop putting all of these international music into the world music niche because it's not just it's not k-pop because it's korean right like so much things that is like like korean rock music or korean rap music is all called k-pop which is just not fair to the pop genre in my opinion so anyways that's my uh short section here on the rising trends in music, so go out there, start listening to, uh, I don't know, some Finnish metal bands, and this day in history. All right, well, calls cl cross-cultural genre, genre. Isn't that a genre? Cult-culturalism. Cross cult it's hard cult to say, so maybe cross-culturalism. All right, this day in history. There we go. 18. Well, I'm sorry. 1773, the oldest public museum in the United States was established in Colonial Charleston, South Carolina. Man, our, the oldest museum in the United States. I wonder what kind of uh, museum they had in 1773. No idea. In South Carolina. American History Museum. No, not really. <laughs> 1876, American novelist Jack London, author of The Call of the Wild and White Fang, was born in San Francisco. In 1879, on this day, the Anglo-Zulu War began this week as the British sought control over Zululand in eastern South Africa. British did, just didn't have a big enough empire. We want more, more. Gimme, gimme, gimme. In 1916, on this date, speaking of imperialists, P.W. Botha, Prime Minister and President of South Africa, was born. 1932, Hattie Ophelia Carraway became the first woman elected to the U.S. Senate. In 1964, American entrepreneur Jeff Bezos, who played a key role in the growth of e-commerce as a founder of Amazon.com, was born. Good for Jeff Bezos. I remember hearing people are making fun of him for starting Amazon. So, <laughs> selling you books may hate on the him internet. now. What an idiot! What? Selling books. You may on hate the him now. <laughs> yeah, you may hate him now, but he was a visionary. No, I'm, can, I'm saying that's what people were saying. 
I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the general population. You may yeah, hate him now. That people generally back but, then were like selling books on the internet. What an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember it. It was in Time Magazine. Look at this big. I'm just saying, some people might not have been alive when this was happening. They don't know that right. people really were calling him stupid. Yep. Back in the 90s, Jeff Bezos was just another ordinary guy with money. And he said, <laughs> start Amazon. 1966, the live-action TV series Batman appeared on ABC. A huge hit starred Adam West and Kate Crusader as the Kate Crusader and Burt Ward as Robin. The original Batman, the only Batman I consider the real Batman, is Adam <laughs> West. That show was funny. It wasn't a freaking crime series with a bunch of people getting blown up and crap, all these movies. Batman was a funny show. And I, re I, I never liked the Batman movies just for that reason. They're not funny. They're not yeah. funny at all. Uh, 1969, American gridiron football quarterback Joe Namath, having guaranteed victory, led the New York Jets to a 16-7 win over the favored Baltimore Forts in Super Bowl III, and famously, the Jets have been terrible ever since. <laughs> it's a long time to be terrible. Was that and, your opinion or, just the, to prove, or the... Oh, it's my opinion that yeah. Joe Namath sold his soul to the devil in 1969 because he was named MVP, right, of that game, even though he didn't even throw a pass in the fourth quarter. And and he got in the Hall of Fame with a, one of the worst statistical uh, lines you've ever seen of any quarterback in the Hall of Fame. And look at the Jets have never been back to the Super Bowl since. So... Joe Namath sold his soul to the devil on this day in 1969. <laughs> 1971, the groundbreaking television series All in the Family debuted on CBS. The sitcom became known for its frank and satirical treatment of sensitive or important tomic, topics, or tomics, which is a new word I just invented. 2005, US-based probe Deep Impact was launched, and in July, in July of that year, it shot a 300 and 70 kilogram or 810 pound mass into the nucleus of Tempe-1 in order to study its comet structure. I don't know if it was in July of that year, it just says in July. Mm -hmm. It just says July. July of this year? <laughs> <laughs> Write a story, Britannica. Don't leave up details. You're an encyclopedia company. All right. Feature the bag. Haiti, severely damaged by earthquake on this day in 2010, a magnitude 7 earthquake devastated Haiti, especially Port-au-Prince, killing more than 200,000 people and leaving more than 1 million homeless and touching off massive international relief effort. Once again, people should know, islands are very unstable. They are. Fact. Um... Feature biography, John Hancock was born on this day on January 12, 1737, known for having a really cool signature. <laughs> he died on October 8, 1793 in Quincy, Massachusetts. That's how easy it is. Born in Braintree. That's having right. A born cool in Braintree signature. and died. That's right. He was born in Braintree, Massachusetts, died in Quincy, Massachusetts, and basically best friends with John Adams, who also was born in Braintree and died in Quincy, pretty sure. <laughs> Who was the second president? His yeah. name is son, John Quincy Adams. Yeah, yeah. so. So the Adamses and the Hancocks were buttons. They were buddies. 1863 is the birthday of 
Other famous birthday is Vivekananda. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong, but he's a Hindu leader. So, 1893, Hermann Goering, German minister, was born, famous Nazi. 1943, Haruki Marakami, Japanese author, was born. In 1954, radio host Howard Stern was born. So, Howard Stern turns a ripe old 70 today. Imagine that. Howard Stern is 70. My lord. Okay, where does the time go? Anyway. <laughs> it is National Pharmacist Day. And who doesn't appreciate going to the pharmacy and just sitting there forever waiting for your... Uh, I mean, I stayed just thing. There was for a while. It was like, oh, I got nothing to do with my life, but sit here. Yeah, hour, hour and a half, whatever, you know? Okay. Anyway, I'm sure that's improved. They obviously went on strike for that obvious reason, too. United States. It's actually, Nash, it's actually National Curry Chicken Day and National Marzipan Day. I know you love that. Uh, Almond-based candy and National Kiss of Ginger Day. So yeah. you really love that. I got I got me some red hair here. <laughs> See, it ain't all gray. That's why my hair turns this funny color because half of it's red and it never changed to gray they say gray. an albino semi-albino man yeah yeah not albino <laughs> with the freaky yellow hair back to you oh and that's all for today on and that, that's all for the week on january 12 2024 on before coffee all right this has been allison here from the netherlands where I guess I'll go find a ginger to kiss, and, <laughs> and we'll we see you. Gingerbread man. on Monday. Give it a big old kiss. Yeah, we'll see you on Monday for some more news. Have a good weekend. Don't uh, watch out for those dangerous snowstorms about to hit the U.S. I guess. And here cold, is your mic drop moment. But for some reason, it makes sense to hold Hunter Biden in contempt, who has tried to comply. And let me tell you why nobody wants to talk to y'all behind closed doors, because y'all lie. That's just the bottom line. You have done it thus far in this investigation. You have done it this far as it relates to this committee. In every single hearing, y'all spin, spin, spin. I don't know how y'all are still standing right now, because you should be quite dizzy from all the spinning that you're constantly doing when it comes to spinning the truth. You talk about free and fair elections, but you back a guy who we know tried to steal the election. And this isn't about what Democrats have to say let me remind you for those of you that don't know how the justice system works it's not a matter of the president went in and indicted Trump but we are talking about grand juries grand juries are comprised of American citizens and the people that have entered pleas of guilty that will be flipping on your leader in a minute they are Republicans I do want to point that out and half of them were Republicans that were handpicked by Donald Trump himself so to be clear Whatever happens to your little leader, it's going to be because of the actions that he took. So you can talk all you want to about how January 6th was nonsense, but all of y'all were running at that time. Y'all were grabbing y'all's gas masks and y'all were running to your offices because you didn't know if they were coming to kill you. 
You should have cared that somebody was there to protect you, but instead you want to play games because you found out that it was your leader that decided that he wanted to propagate an insurrection on our country. So don't tell me that you care about the Constitution, because you don't. All you care about is Trump getting reelected, and I'll yield the last of my time to my leader. Be sure to hit the like, subscribe, and notify buttons, and follow our other channels, Toxic Alley, History of Gravy, and Scratchy Old Records.